It's been nearly 50 years ago now. I was a young college student, and I was in Bethlehem. Through a series of wondrous and odd coincidences, I had found myself in the Holy Land. And I won't go into those coincidences, but in all the years since then, I have come to know that such a string of events is not coincidence at all. It is providence, the invisible guiding hand of a loving God. Standing there, I was struck by two things. First, there was the awareness of just how urban so much of it is. Bustling bright, full of life, teeming streets, traffic, crowds, life. Appropriate for the birthplace of the life. For the birthplace of God's living presence among us in Christ Jesus. The second thing was an opposite tug. There is an awareness that comes with the very air you breathe of an ancientness. This land has been much lived in, not just in history, but in prehistory. And that awareness gets into your bones and changes your perspective. Also appropriate for the land where God has been a knowable presence from before the beginning of history. Traveling there, where Jesus walked, and prophets spoke, and God broke into human history changes you. It changed me. You may leave it, but it never quite leaves you. It is still with me even now. And that's appropriate too. After all, it is the holy land, set apart, different, there are a few places, though, even in the Holy Land, where all of that wonder can get cut short. Take Nazareth, for instance. It's a must-see, of course, as our Lord grew up there, but Nazareth can also be a challenge if you're not reminding yourself of why our Lord came to earth in the first place. If you prepare yourself, remember God's purpose, the wonder can still break through even in Nazareth. A Bible dictionary calls Nazareth an insignificant agricultural village. Nazareth, as you may be aware, is never even mentioned in all of the Old Testament, nor in Josephus' extensive writings, or even in the writings of the prolific rabbis. It's not surprising then that Jesus' Nazarene origins were held up for scorn. Can anything good come from Nazareth? scoffers would say when they saw him. Poor Nazareth. You know, even today, to see Nazareth from the highway, it's a bit of a sprawling, dry mass of stone and concrete houses built on a hill with olive groves and abandoned cars. Once you enter, it becomes a morass of clogged streets with cars, dust, tourist buses, and honking trucks. Nazareth is about half Israeli and half Arab. The feuding sides have lived in this town in relative calm, all things considered, though hardly love. In the busiest parts of the tourist season, tourists are disgorged by the innumerable busload and are herded up the hill to poor Nazareth to view the Church of the Annunciation. 
Because of the congestion, the tourist buses must wait at the bottom of the hill. And on foot, pushing past the tourist traps and the trinket shops and the hawking vendors, it's something of a slog up the hill to the basilica. The church built over the ruins where, the tr where tradition holds that Mary and Joseph's house once stood and Jesus grew up. The pushing and the jostling and the noise of crowded humanity do not lend themselves to thoughts of wonder. Even inside the beautiful basilica, in the midst of all of that human distraction, it is possible to completely miss what this site is telling us. It is possible to say with the ancients, can anything good come from Nazareth? But then just there, trudging those steps, tourists behind tourists, my eyes fell upon a quote chiseled in a wall. It was in Latin, but the word so familiar anyone could read it. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Those words caught and turned my thoughts completely around. Those words, when caught, will do the same for every one of us, wherever we are, whatever we are about, because they focus us back on why our Lord came in the first place. You see, we really, all of us, live in Nazareth. We may journey to Bethlehem to worship the newborn king, but we still have to come home to Nazareth to live. Call it Capitol Hill or the DMV or New York or Los Angeles or Atlanta or anywhere else in any other part of the world, anywhere that humanity dwells. It's all Nazareth. Maybe the real question is not, can anything good come from Nazareth? But can anything good come to Nazareth? You and I, are gathered here this morning, this fifth day of Christmas, to celebrate the birth of a baby who is Christ the Lord. Let that thought capture your thoughts. It means, in Him, God became flesh and blood, flesh and bone, living dust incarnate among us. Us. We need a God who doesn't mind living in places differing groups live by only means of an uneasy peace, where vendors hawk their wares and horns honk and everything else happens that goes with being human. We who live in the Nazareth of human existence, we need an incarnate God need God to be with us, to walk with us, to guide us, to make God's love known to us and felt in us. That's what it all means. God has come into our Nazareths as human and divine to make God's love known and experienced, to make you and me know that we are loved. When you leave here, after this hour of holiness, 
Take one thought with you as you go back to the Nazareth you call home. The one who came to Nazareth. His name was and is Emmanuel, God with us, God with us. And the Word became flesh and dwells among us.